Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and this is the injury edition of our lovely podcast. And by our, I mean Mr. Dwayne The Rock McFarland, you hear him on here multiple times every single week. He'll be back Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I lose count of the amount of days Dwayne and I converse. But here we are, Dwayne. Happy week three, man. Yeah, man. Happy week three. This is a, a lot of injury news today. Like I know we had some last week in the first week, but wow, lots to cover today. lot to get through. If you guys want a preview of the week, you should check out Dwayne and I's pod on Wednesday. But this one will be basically going through all the injuries that have come up since. So uh, you can also check out our actually was out this morning we're recording this on friday if you want to check out the pff pod from friday that's myself and andrew erickson going over our dfs plays of the week and also had a great conversation with the ringers danny kelly out on thursday so invite you guys to check those out as well but again we are focused fully on the injury news that has come out here specifically in the last few hours so Dwayne, we'll get right into it quarterback is not left alone this week. We got Andy Dalton already ruled out with the knee injury, which means it's Justin Fields' time. Hilarious Matt Nagy interview where he unironically was standing up there like, hey guys, you know, we've actually learned some new things about Fields. He's been getting these first team reps that he didn't have in the past, and he's really showing us more. (laughs) Funny how that works, Dwayne. Where do you land with Fields in your uh, rankings at the moment? Yeah, I've got him at number 11 right now Let's go. In, my over, in my overall ranks. You know, and I've already talked about it some, but it's pretty simple. Um, when you get 20% of the team's design rushing plays and then you scramble on another 19%, you know, of your plays, which is what we saw. Actually, it's 21% of the design rushing plays last week and 21% of his dropbacks he scrambled on. That's all I need to know, Ian. Yeah. That's going to be plenty. If he does anything in the passing game, it's all going to be icing on the cake. It's really hard to not finish as a top 12 quarterback when you're getting that kind of work on the ground. And like we've been comparing him to Jalen Hurts and Taysom Hill in terms of like just what he could do with that rushing floor. But Fields is ceiling as a passer is so much higher than both those guys like that's basically why we were so confident in him even if he sucks as a passer which is not guaranteed at all he could be great as a passer i still think he'll have enough with his legs to uh get that ranking done so yeah only quarterbacks were ranking higher people kyler mahomes lamar hurts russ josh allen dak brady herbert aaron Rodgers. unless you have one of those guys start sick questions i am going with fields also have Tuga, Tua Tagovailoa out with a rib injury. Jacoby Brissett will be under center. I don't think Jacoby will be as bad as he was last week moving forward, but he is still anyone's idea of, you know, a top 35 quarterback, not a top 25, 20 quarterback. Probably shouldn't be a starter. Dwayne, we're not really touching anyone from this Miami offense if we can help it this week. No, no. And the big thing, um, the biggest impact that I see um, with uh, Jacoby Brissett is really Miles Gaskin, even though he hasn't been what people drafted him for, he's been scraping by on his receiving um, target share. Which, So if you looked at the game, if you looked at last week and the week before, I want to say he was at like 19% target share in his snaps with Tua. And then once, as soon as Brissett took over, that dropped to 10% because Brissett's more willing to scramble. Like he scrambled 6 or 7% of the time where Tua had been scrambling like 0%. And then he's also willing to hold the ball longer than Tua. So he's less likely to check it down. So just those two things that come together, uh, same thing would be true for with Justin Fields and Damian Williams. When you get the quarterbacks that are willing to run more, it's going to hurt the receiving value. So that last little shred that was holding Miles Gaskin, Gaskin's owner's hopes up to just be enough to be like a low-end RB2, uh, high-end RB3. I think that's gone for now, and I would try to find a way to get him out. If you can't avoid it, you can't avoid it. It's a small thing, but it's probably going to cost him three to five points a game. Will Fuller will be back, which adds another layer of just we're not sure what's going on in terms of whether it's going to be Waddle, Parker, or Fuller as the odd man out in two wide receiver sets. So this will be a fun uh, breakdown when we're talking on Sunday night. But yeah, for now, people, most start sick questions involving these Dolphins. I would go with the other guy. We have Carson Wentz with dueling sprained ankles. He's apparently going to try to gut this one out. He's being called a game-time decision, officially questionable. Like, Dwayne, it's it's funny, man. We were talking about this in the PFF uh, show rehearsal today. Like, I'm starting to see people trying to make more excuses for Wentz saying, oh, look at the sacks he's taking behind his Colts O-line. They didn't do a better job protecting him. <laughs> like, guys, Wentz is the one holding the ball so damn long. And I think it was uh, – oh, who said this? I don't want to misquote. Oh, it's Josh Norris, underdog. Uh, he said that Wentz plays like he, 
he thinks like injuries have been turned off for the game. Like that's what happens. He sprained his ankles trying to escape like an Aaron Donald sack. Like as much as, you know, you might laugh at the quarterback who, you know, I remember late, late career Tony Romo would always do this, like free rusher incoming. And he just hit the ground, take the sack. Cause he knows that, Hey, you know, my biggest help and assist to this team is being healthy enough to play every week. Carson Wentz doesn't seem to get that. And Dwayne, like even a healthy version, uh, he really hasn't been healthy all year with the foot thing, but even a healthy version, version i wouldn't be feeling too good about this colts offense at this point other than jonathan taylor i'm pretty much good with not playing anyone with all due respect to michael Pittman's good game last week yeah i'm fading everything pretty much as well i mean if you've got Pittman and he's your wide receiver three you're gonna play him but i mean you know don't get too crazy about him um you know he 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 showed what we wanted last week so i mean fine if you want to use him but yes ian i i agree other than taylor other than Pittman, i'm not even thinking about it like i don't care if paris campbell's playing i don't want to use pascal the rascal i don't want jack doyle i mean i guess jack doyle if somebody you were just hurting and maybe you had o'shaughnessy and now you're like jack doyle my savior okay fine i guess put him in but i wouldn't be excited about any of them not at all. And we also have final quarterback note, Lamar Jackson, questionable with an illness. We are fully expecting him to play through that and be just fine. So that was an interesting note. At first, Schefter comes out and tells us that Lamar was out because his hip was sore from flipping to the end zone, which got all of Twitter up in arms. Just, you know, the, the, the latest thing we could, you know, just hold against Lamar for no real good reason. Now it's apparently a non-COVID related illness. So fully expecting Lamar to be out there against the Ravens. We'll move on to, let's go running back next. Uh, Dwayne, you had some excellent data that I retweeted to everyone about Chuba Hubbard's usage following Christian McCaffrey's hamstring injury. It has come out that CMC, while he's not being put on the IR, is expected to miss several weeks at least. So last year, Mike Davis came in and provided, I think he finished the year as the RB12. He was being a low-end RB1 more weeks than not, particularly thanks to a lot of those receptions he was getting. What are your expectations here for Chuba moving forward? Yeah, man, I think it, uh, you know, volume is king. Um, you've said it a million times, and I just don't see how we don't get value out of Hubbard knowing that, you know, he played everything. I mean, there's no other way I can say it. I mean, he did split some of the rushing attempts, but even some of those went to the tight ends and receivers. So really, if you look at a true split between he and Freeman, like his numbers there were even better. But I mean, 73% of the snaps, 100% of the long down and distance, uh, 66% of the short down and distance, um, 100% of the two-minute offense. He was in a route 72% of the time that Sam Darnold dropped back to pass. Like, that's huge, man. Targets 22%, 22% targets per route run. So that's a mid-RB2 with RB1 upside. Like, basically, you know what? That's an RB1. We're just waiting to see if Hubbard has anything in the tank. If he does... And I know last night, you know how it is, the instant reaction, everybody jumped all over him. People are in my, in my feed saying he's ass, all this stuff. Guys, calm down. You're not all NFL scouts, and I don't really care. You know what I mean? Like, all I care about is he's going to get this volume, and we'll see what happens with his talent. But, you know, he's an NFL running back. That's what I know. And he was a pretty good running back in college. Um, am I saying he's a leader or anything? No, but we know a lot of what goes on with a running back, especially for fantasy, is all tied back to the numbers that I just gave you. So he is an absolute must own if you are the CMC owner, um, you know, and depending on the size of your league. And I don't know if you can, if you maybe have waivers that run before Sunday, like some leagues do, but you got to make him a priority. Um, and I would be willing to put, over half my fab down if I'm if I'm the CMC owner. If you play in big competitive leagues, like it's probably going to be sixty percent plus to get him. Um, if you don't own CMC, then you got to kind of you're you're here's what you're thinking, you know, Ian, and you tell me what what your thoughts are. But you're thinking probably three to six weeks of an RB two. Yeah, that might be an RB one that has value, and for some of you, that could still be worth half of your fab even though he's only going to give you three to six weeks because you may be sitting there with one back. And then you've got two or three other backs that you're waiting to fill in eventually. And maybe you're sitting on, you know, a James White or something like that as your RB2. You would much, as much as we like James White, getting Chuba Hubbard into your offense, you know, as your RB2 gives you a lot more upside until maybe the next back is hurt. Maybe you got Madison sitting. Well, that's a back we'll get to in a minute. But sometimes, you know, it's not a matter of who's my RB2 for the season. It's just who's my RB2 for the next three to four weeks. And you're figuring it out each piece at a time. 
it's good to have a, you know, we want to have a long-term view in most things in life, including fantasy football. But yeah, at some point we got to win these weeks in order to be in a position we want to be in December. So having an RB2 for the next month, man, sounds pretty good to me. We'll have more uh, fully hashed out thoughts on Chuba and the rest of the upcoming week's waiver wire on our Tuesday podcast that is out throughout the year. So you got to make sure you guys check that out. Only other thing I'd add is like, yeah, Royce Freeman looked fine and got some carries last night, but like you brought up the important numbers. It's the passing work. That was all Chuba. Like, it's not like Mike Davis stepped directly into Christian McCaffrey's role last year. There's only one Christian McCaffrey and the Panthers realize that that's why they give him 90% plus snaps when he's healthy. Davis was more of a guy where you'd see him dip down to 50 sometimes. And he'd usually be hovering more in the 70, 80% range. That's what I'm expecting for Chuba. And that's fine. We're not getting a direct replacement, a one-for-one replacement for the number one overall fantasy pick, but we're still getting an upside RB2 that, to your point, might be an RB1 if he can just be worth a little bit of a damn. Now, with the number one fantasy running back banged up, we also got the number two fantasy back banged (laughs) up, Dalvin Cook, uh, with that ankle injury. You know, Mike Zimmer's comments were pretty encouraging, though. And for those that didn't see, Dalvin was, I believe, officially listed as a DMP all week. But Zimmer said he got some work in on Friday, felt better. And they specifically asked him, like, do you think a running back can come out and play a game after not practicing all week. And Zimmer said, like, I think Dalvin can basically. So we are expecting Dalvin if he's ready to go to have his usual workload. I mean, Dwayne, I think that's what it comes down to, right? We're hoping that Schefter is going to tell us Sunday morning that Cook is good to go. and We don't have to worry about it. If we don't get that assurance, though, people are going to have to find at least some sort of contingency plan because this kickoff is happening at 430. Yeah, you're going to want to have a backup plan in place. Um, And if you're the Madison owner, um, you need to be thinking creatively about your RB2 spot as well. If if you've got two other options that are equal, right, and one of them plays late and you could swap Madison in if this news goes the other way, I would want to leave myself that out as well. So I would think about it from both angles. Um, If he is out, like I think, I mean, Madison for me, Ian, immediately moves into RB1 status. I mean, just because I know he's going to get everything. You know, and it's a it's an offense that likes to run the ball. Last year, we had the annoyance of Mike Boone. We're not going to have that this year. I think Abdullah could get out there and do a little bit on passing downs. But I think Madison probably gets 80 to 90 percent of what Cook leaves on the table. And the main thing being all the carries, which is really where Madison excels. And so I would immediately move it Madison ahead of Jonathan Taylor, uh, Chris Carson. I would probably slot him in right around where I've got Saquon Barkley right now, RB10. That's about where Madison would fall for me um, if we were to hear Dalvin Cook was out. I was going to say, if Cook's out, I'd probably put Madison RB12, one spot behind Saquon, but ahead of Taylor, Gibson, Montgomery. Guys with similar kind of concerns if, you know, things get out of control and we start seeing the pass down back get out there. So, yeah, don't let that dud against the Falcons game, you know, so just cloud your uh, thinking, everyone. Alexander Madison has been a top, you know, five, top three, honestly, handcuff for good reason. I would say, you know, if you don't have Madison, you have Cook and you're just really in a tough spot out of these games that are starting at 425 or later. We got Buccaneers Rams, Seahawks Vikings and Sunday night Packers 49ers and then Eagles Cowboys. I was trying to pull up exactly how owned he is on Yahoo, but I think maybe in more leagues than not, Kenneth Gainwell would probably be like your best bet in terms of, hey, you just need someone to add the end end of your bench in a worst case scenario. Because, you know, this happens sometimes and then people are forced to play freaking like Trenton Cannon or someone just ridiculous. So, yeah, Kenneth Gamewell is only rostered in 33% of leagues. That, to me, again, if you don't have Madison and you don't have like any other good option, if the Cook thing goes south, if Sheffield says he's going to play, then it just, he, you know, ankle flares up in pregame, I think Kenneth Gamewell is your last ditch guy to go try to get. Yeah. What are the teams again, real quick, Ian? Bucan- uh, Buccaneers, Rams. So, like, Geo or Jake Funk. I don't, I'm not I'm pulling them up here. So, I got Tampa Bay, got LA. Sorry. You're and good. then I got the Cowboys in Philly. Who else? Packers, 49ers, and Seahawks, Vikings, obviously. Yeah. Packers, 49ers. So, I mean, there's no, not going to be anybody from the Packers, um, 49ers. And sorry, what was the one other one? Eagles, Cowboys on Monday night. Oh, yeah. I already got that one. Okay, I think it's so, game well. I think that's your last ditch option. Yeah, Gainwell. I do know Sermon got dumped some. Yeah, <laughs> saw, if Sermon's there, then some, absolutely. Yeah, I saw some tweets about that um, in some in some actual weird formats where I was like, "What?" <laughs> um, so 
Yeah, Sermon, I think, is trending towards playing. I haven't been able to, I haven't seen anything new on the 49ers practice uh, report We actually today. just got an update that Mitchell is officially doubtful. Sermon has cleared okay. the concussion protocol and is in line to start Sunday night. Boom, boom. So that's your number one if for some reason he's uh, available. But to your point, Ian, yeah, the guy that's most likely available to be rostered would be Kenneth Gainwell. Um, the only other potential one is if for some reason somebody just left Sony Michelle out there. We're in the same situation <laughs> where Daryl Henderson probably isn't going to play. So I would, I would search those two names first, Sony Michelle, Trey Sermon. If either of those names are there, I don't really care who you own. You should have them on your roster. Right, right. <laughs> like, no matter what. But, yeah, I, I like I like where your head's at, Ian. I do believe Gainwell is probably like the most reasonable, like available on all of these teams because you really don't want to run Jake Funk or Gio Bernard or any of these other guys out there. Sticking to that 49ers backfield, again, Jermichael Hasty already out with a high ankle sprain. As we just said, Elijah Mitchell is now doubtful with that shoulder injury. Like, when anyone's doubtful, I think it's like over 90%. Like, these guys are not playing. So Nowadays, might, especially. Yeah, you might as well just take that for out. I mean, if Mitchell is going to be active, it seems like even one of those, like, you know, we'll see what he can handle, like, maybe just for emergency purposes situations. So that lines up Trey Sermon as the guy. As If you guys didn't see it last week, he had one carry. Got like eight yards and then got viciously concussed and uh, but if you notice, like he was hurt early in that play, like he looked like a woozy fighter. Like I went back and watched that run like four times. Uh-huh. Like I'm fairly certain he got hit weird at the very beginning of that huh. run almost, and then he was kind of because you notice he started stumbling, yeah, and then just I mean cratered you know to the ground. Um, where do you have Sermon this week? I mean, at this point, I'm expecting Sermon to be the starter and pretty much get everything because all the other guys they have are just jags off the street i just updated them it feels a little low i have them rb 25 right now but i feel I'm like 25 oh wow. i'm 25 great months no but but i mean i did that earlier this week but I, that was i did it yesterday thinking that look it's i think it is sermon you know i i do 25 instead of top 24 mainly just to not jinx him because yeah. <laughs> uh no in all seriousness i still there's still the shanahan factor but I agree with you. It could end up being a little low. I would say you could put him anywhere just looking at my rankings right now. Um, you know, So I've got Sermon sitting at 25. I've got Sony Michelle one spot ahead of him. I've got Damian Harris one, one more spot. Yeah. And then Miles Sanders, Mike Davis, James Robinson. I would feel comfortable. Actually, I will probably move him above all of those. The more was, and more comfortable yeah. I am, I would probably at least get him to running back 19. I have Clyde Edwards-Alaire at running back 18. That was kind of like, the, I know you're a little bit higher on Clyde than I am this week. Only two spots. I'm okay. 16. That's but. about the spot where I was like, okay, Sony is going against the Buccaneers. If we're projecting similar workloads for Sermon and Sony, I'd probably take Sermon now. I so, agree. Yeah. Okay. He, well, he gets the best um, offensive line run block advantage of the week. The nice. scores out as an 80. Um, you get a six and a half on our running back strength of schedule, which I want to say is like sixth best for the the week. So as far as matchup goes, Trey Sermon has one of the juiciest matchups on the slate. God, can you, we've had all this ruckus going on in San Fran to start this year, but maybe. Dude, I would love Sermon just to freaking take this job right now. After and all guys, this it madness. Can happen. Yeah. It can happen. You come out and you just kick ass. Like, look, look we all know Kyle Shanahan he goes with whatever the most recent thing is. That's very apparent, whether that's his opinion about who he's going to draft at quarterback or whether that's the running back he's going to start for the week or the receiver he's going to bench. He's a very much, what have you done for me lately? All you got to do is show him something, and then all, you're at the front of his mind. And that's all Trey Sermon needs to do. They've got draft capital invested in him. He could literally bury Elijah Mitchell for the season this weekend. We got him RB18, 19. Let's go RB11, 12, Dwayne. We're just getting, getting <laughs> Let's even keep more high. it up. Let's do it. <laughs> we end the podcast. So our top five running backs. Okay. Um, <laughs> moving right along. We got DeAndre Swift, questionable with the groin. He was limited all week. He's had this, you know, designation uh, for the past few weeks, fully expecting him to play. If for some reason he doesn't, Jamal Williams and Jared Patterson would receive boost. But no, nah, I mean, Swift should be out there uh, uh, unless he has some sort of a downgrade. We talk a little bit about Sony Michelle. Daryl Henderson is officially being called a game time decision with the rib cartridge issue. Dwayne, even if he's active, I don't feel good enough about this to play him. If anything, this could be like an emergency only type situation. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if he's active, you guys all know what's happening. He's going to get a shot and they'll either one or two things. They're just going to have him out there, 
you know, in case Michelle gets hurt and maybe they give him the shot, then they're like, Daryl, let's get back in the tunnel. Um, you know, or it's just going to be something they're going to come out and they're going to say, look, we can't really make it worse. And I don't even know if that's the case with this injury or not. I'm not a doctor, but if they believe it's something that can't get worse with injury, they're going to give him a shot and they'll let him go as long as he can. And then he'll be out. I mean, that's, that's how these play out very often. Yeah. So not worry about that. Sony, and I think we kind of spelled this out in the previous discussion. Sony, low-end RB2 this week because of the matchup of someone that, hey, it, it doesn't sound like Henderson's looking at an extended absence, but if we were in any other game, man, we'd be down for Sony as pretty much where Henderson would be, if healthy, like a borderline-ish RB1. Yes, he would be. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing. Look, if so, again, same thing. If Sony comes out and looks good this weekend, They'll, they, they'll probably give Henderson the full two or three weeks and just let him recover. You know, um, these coaches, they can be convinced otherwise of like where their heads are today. As much as they may like Daryl Henderson, if Sony comes out, plays mistake free and is just even just good enough. And they're like, you know what? We can trust him. And Jake Funk does just enough to get to earn trust. We could see, we see this all the time where it's doubtful or questionable in the first week after the injury. And then immediately the next week, like on Monday, they're like, he's going to be out next week. You know, we saw that with Odell Beckham Jr. the first week yeah, this year. You're right. Oh, game time decision, and then immediately, like the game, as soon as the game's over, he's not playing next week. <laughs> like so, it you know, there's this kind of thing where this could happen, and Sony could open a two to three door window for you where you get some useful production, and we get a better matchup than what you're than what you just mentioned, like with the Bucks. Also have Josh Jacobs getting the doubtful tag that's kind of a similar one you were just talking about seemed like he was uh facing a game time decision last week now he's looking like he is gonna miss his second straight game it is you know it's a toe and ankle he's just all kinds of banged up now it's specifically being listed as an ankle regardless not expecting jacobs to be out there i have kenyon drake as my rb 27 behind hunt behind sermon davis and some of these other guys ahead of melvin gordon james white leonard fournette and a few others how's that spot feel to you Dwayne? because we did see peyton barber shave away a lot of rush attempts last week but drake was the one getting the ever important pass down work yeah so the main thing i'm looking at right now um i think it's a great point that you bring up Ian. but the raiders all of a sudden they're they're a passing offense they're passing in all sorts of situations um yeah they're, they're trying to push the ball down the field more so in that situation I'm starting to wonder, is Kenyon Drake just the better rest of the season play if they continue to play this way? Because he's the guy that really should be on the field more. So I'm fine with Peyton Barber um, you know, as being you know, an emergency fill-in fill in because, to your point, like he did get more of the carries last week. It was a tough matchup. I wouldn't be surprised if Peyton Barber scores a touchdown on the ground this weekend and has 12 carries for 12 yards. Um, so if that floats your boat and that's your kind of thing that you want to you know, jump in on, there will be some okay utilization for Barber, but I'm not that worried about Kenyon Drake. I think you've got him slotted close to where I do. I've got him RB28 right yeah. now, and it's going to move after I finish uh, you know, this, these injury updates tonight. But I've got him sandwiched between Tyson Williams, who's got a smash matchup, and then Melvin Gordon, who slightly just took over more of the short down and distance and the passing role, despite splitting carries last week with Javanta, and an, and an okay matchup, you know, where they should be leading against the Jets. So that's about that's that's where I've got Drake, a sandwich between those two. Final running back to note: Saquon Barkley, not even listed on the injury report. It's all adding up, people. Week one, they just wanted to get him out there. Week two, they gave him the 80% snap rate again. Week three, hopefully we get those 20-plus touches locked in against a smashable Falcons defense. You guys can check out my Mismatch Manifesto article on pff.com every Thursday. One of the studies I do is I combine the yards before contact of every offense with the defense. Helps give you an idea like, hey, just independent of how good the running backs are, who has the best matchup? Saquon Barkley, number one. All in. Like he's mm, love look, it. look, Dwayne, if someone there has three top ten running backs, like again, we can never say like Saquon needs to be in every starting lineup because one of these uh, you know, jagoffs out here will show us their four team league and all these other guys that they got ahead of them. But man, Saquon like needs to be in every single starting lineup at this point. We shouldn't even have to say that, but I am. Hey, can I give a quick shout out? Like, well, before we sure do running backs. So, uh, two of my buddies that I played a lot of fantasy football with, so their sons are in a league together. And one of and one of the sons last night 
I get their league, you can trade during the games and the starters still count. So he immediately traded Josh Jacobs away to pick up CMC when he got hurt. Um, so I have to tell Jude, way to go. Like, that's how you kick ass in a trade, Jude. You know, you're kicking ass, taking names, going to go get CMC, buying low, and you get him for Josh Jacobs. Wow. I'm going to come to your league next year, though, and you're going to have to watch out because I won't do that. What a freaking move. I can only imagine being in one of those leagues where you're actually trading <laughs> mid games in switching game. That's the what starters. My buddy sent it to me. I'm like, what? I was like, how do they trade in game? Absolutely. He's like, it doesn't take effect till next year, next week. Once the rosters, you know, are, they're locked. But next week, as soon as they unlock, the trade happens. I was like, that's actually kind of cool because you could be doing your thing all week and it all counts, but it just doesn't happen till the next week. See, kids are innovative. That's why I hang out with kids. All right, Dwayne, now we'll move on here with the wide receivers. You know, not the longest. I guess it is kind of a long group. Damn, man. First things first, Josh Gordon <laughs> reinstated. Hell yeah. I love it. I will always root for Flash. Should you sign him in your fantasy league? Absolutely not. But you can root for him when hopefully he gets yet another NFL chance. But in more actionable news, DeAndre Hopkins, game time decision. They're calling it, it seems like more serious, Dwayne. We kind of scoffed at this rib issue early in the week because Hopkins is kind of notorious for not practicing all that much with various ailments over the years and then inevitably suiting up and balling out on Sunday. Look, if he's playing, everyone's locking him into your wide receiver one spot. I get that. If Hopkins misses time, how would you adjust the rest of these guys? Is it just Rondale to the freaking moon at that point? <laughs> you know, that's an, it's an interesting question um, because it could be. Um, we saw in the preseason, we got a little – snapshot of what this could look like Ian, and and I cover it in the utilization reports for the preseason. And when they were in without DeAndre Hopkins in those games, guess what? Christian Kirk moved outside and played with AJ Green. Guess who played all the slot work? Rondell Moore. So yes, I do believe it would be Rondell to the moon. And we've seen Christian Kirk play outside before. Last year he did it. That was not good. That was not good for Christian Kirk. So I do believe, yes, if this is the situation and we do not have DeAndre Hopkins, Rondell Moore, man, going to push towards top 24 yep. for me. Um, I, I Actually, that's something I've got to figure out after this pod is like, where am I moving? Where's his placeholder if said news happens? Because I got to be able to like to just, you know, hit it come Sunday morning. But that's what I'm going to work through. But man, I'm telling you, it's going to be close just because what he's, what he's shown us, they designed things for him. He's great with the ball after, you know, in his hands after the catch. And if now he's just also getting natural targets on top of that, I mean, if Rondell Moore gets 20 to 25% of the target share um, and a great matchup against a terrible secondary, I mean, he could still be running by the time we record, you know, Sunday <laughs> night. Like <laughs> he could still be running somewhere. So um, yeah, it's going to, it's going to bump him up. And I, I don't know that it even hurts it, that it helps Christian Kirk um, or AJ Green at all. I almost think it all goes to Rondell Moore. What are your thoughts? I'm looking, I got Marquise Brown as my wide receiver 27, where he, hey, I'm giving the dude credit for balling out for 10 straight games, but I think that would be where I would slot Rondale. One spot behind. You're too low, man. I got Marquise at 25. Oh, oh, yeah, two spots. Do better. (laughs) (laughs) I'd probably put Rondale right above Marquise, behind Jamar Chase, behind Devontae Smith. So that's my first uh, call. But yeah, yeah, I don't think I'd be changing Kirk and uh, AJ really much at all. And for what it's worth, PFF Lily started trying to climb up my leg right as we were talking about Rondale. Oh, that's a good sign. Hey, man, I can't pick my tournament plays, but maybe the dog can. We'll uh, we'll see how, what happens there. Uh, another potential, well, we are going to have to pivot here. T. Higgins is listed as doubtful with a shoulder injury, meaning my guy, Auden Tate, sliding into three wide receiver sets. Hopefully he comes down with a contested catch or two. Is he a realistic fantasy option? Absolutely not. But this does help Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd. I mean, Dwayne, I've been you know, really preaching this where despite Chase having these touchdowns and Boyd had a pretty good game last week, we aren't seeing the same level of volume out of Burrow that we saw last year. And that's kind of forced us to treat these receivers as more upside wide receiver threes, as opposed to the top 24 locked in options that we were expecting with Higgins out. Like, should we be all in on Chase now as a legit top 20, top 16 guy? Are you still just looking at the Steelers matchup? We're probably still not getting a ton of overall volume anyway. Might be some better plays out there. Yeah. I mean, I've got him at 31 right now. Um, So, I mean, I I could push him over my player at, obviously I've got Higgins at 30 who will come off. Right. So he moves up a spot for that. I could see myself pushing him up kind of towards the range we just talked about with Rondell Moore. Um, so, I mean, I think he, he'll be a high-end wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside. 
ultimately wide receiver one upside, you know, if he catches two touchdowns, but look, it's the volume again, that, that does bother me or that you just mentioned around the passing game. And it's not a great matchup, you know I mean? So from a wide receiver strength of schedule, it grades out as a 3.2, which is in the bottom five uh, for uh, the week for our tools. If you look at the matchup from a cornerback standpoint, it's also not great. It's 24.9. That's like bottom six or seven. So it's going to be tough sledding. He'll, he'll undoubtedly get an extra three or four targets with T Higgins out. I just don't know that it's going to equal what it could for Rondell Moore. Those extra looks for Rondell Moore, I think, are going to be worth more than the extra looks that Jamar Chase gets. But I do think it gives him a small bump in. I'm just not going to go crazy and like all of a sudden say, like, hey, he's a mid, he's a mid-tier yeah. wide receiver too. I, I moved him up, I think, about three or four spots after kind of adjusting for the Higgins news. So same page there. Antonio Brown currently on the COVID IR. Now he was vaccinated. The entire Buccaneers team was. So in order to be good to go. He would need to have no symptoms and also two negative tests 24 hours apart. Earlier in the week, it seemed like more of a possibility. Uh, today on Friday, Bruce Arians did say that he considers the pass catcher very questionable. Like when I hear the very put in front of it, Dwayne, it's, doubtful. I, it's doubtful. Exactly. So <laughs> you should be looking to find other wide receiver options. We have taken him out of the PFF consensus ranks accordingly. And, you know, Dwayne, I thought I'd be moving up Evans and Goblin, I guess, a little bit more. Maybe I should. I bumped Goblin up like a spot. He's my wide receiver 13. Evans up just a few. He's my wide receiver 18. But I don't know, man. I, I just don't know if this changes a ton. If any, like, it's not like we already saw in week one, Evans was the odd man out. In week uh, two, AB was the odd man out. So it's nice that we don't have to worry about one of these guys being the odd man out. But I also don't think that between Gronk, both Goblin and Evans, and these running backs, like, I'm still not sure if we have a locked in, like, top 12 option out of the group. Yeah, I think this is a Chris Godwin week, just the way the Rams run their their defense. I think this is these are the weeks that Brady looks more to Godwin. You know, Brady loves Evans when he gets the one on one. You know, outside. Um, I don't know how much he's going to get that, and if he does, it could be against Jalen Ramsey when he gets it. So I do expect to see plenty of Chris Godwin. Now they'll move Ramsey all over and maybe try to cool off whoever's hot and make Tom, you know, change up his game tactics. Um, but I think this is a Godwin week for me, but, but I'm like you, I'm not getting overly carried away, carried away because it is a tough matchup, um, you know, against the Rams, but it's going to be a shootout. So there, I have them both in my top 24. I'm just not moving them up dramatically on this news. I would think Scotty Miller steps in. He does. That's who I've got in. Yeah. Jalen Darden was the kind of guy we hoped, and there's been great praise around him, but it seems like Scotty Miller's still the guy, you know, and Darden hasn't been active. So you, you could also see a little bit of Tyler Johnson. You know, Tyler Johnson could work his way in um, a bit as well, but he's really more the backup to um, Godwin, right? Yeah. And Miller is more the backup to AB. That's the thing, man. Tyler Johnson, yeah, Tyler Johnson is more for the slot. They're so ridiculously deep. So Scotty is an intriguing DFS, you know, punt GPP. Uh, option, but in terms of redraft land, a little too much uncertainty. It could easily. Well, end you know up he's being... not going to see Ramsey, so that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's the other thing about. It. That's why I don't want to bump up Evans too much. Like if anything, in last year Ramsey shadowed Evans even in a game where AB was already playing and all that. Yeah. So now you take AB out of the picture, it's almost even more reason for him to not leave. Evans and this just side. shows you guys for for the folks that think Mike Evans washed. Pay attention to the defenses pay attention to. And it's not saying we don't love Godwin. We do. But Mike Evans is still an elite player, oh, and yeah. defenses give him all the attention. That, that's why you do see him disappear is because he gets a lot of attention, and the other receivers are good enough, even if they're not quite as good as he is, to still, if you give them the better matchups, right, they're the better they're the better player to go to, and that's what Brady does. So quit, let's quit with the hate on Mike Evans, folks. <laughs> Everybody's saying he was washed and straight up would take A.B. over him after week one. I was thinking, good God, people, chill out. I love the week one overreactions. And we got the week two uh, victory laps. I, I love it, man. People are like, oh, robust RB. Look at all the top receivers that weren't being drafted highly. And then you got the zero RB people saying, oh, look at all the injuries happening uh, to the top running backs. Just crafting uh, whatever narrative uh, fits the current mood. Got to love exactly. fantasy you football. You do you. Man. Be adaptive. <laughs> kick ass. That's my, that's my motto. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Amari Cooper. 
might, might be listed questionable with this rib injury, but he has come out already and said he's feeling better and he is good to go. So, you know, I'm fine separating, giving CD the bigger nod than usual this week, knowing that Amari uh, is playing at less than 100%. But I still think that you'll be hard-pressed to name uh, more than 14, 15 receivers that should be in your lineup over Cooper. So he needs to be in the overwhelming majority of starting lineups. Dwayne, I believe I saw you had CD wide receiver five this week. Bull call. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, and I'm probably, I'm going to, I'm going to drop him below Lockett and Cooper. This was, this was me thinking, you know, uh, and why I say Cooper, Cooper cup, um, this is me thinking he was more doubtful. He'll probably fall just below Metcalf. He'll end up at wide receiver eight for me on the week, just ahead of Justin Jefferson, but I've got Amari Cooper at number 11 right now. So I like both of them. I could easily see them switching. Um, I was just leaning a little more to Lamb, and I continue to do so because Amari, you know, look, he he gets dinged up, man. It happens a lot. Like the the area of the field he works, the routes he runs, he gets himself, you know, he he gives himself up a lot. Like he takes a lot of big hits. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really high, man, on CD Lamb. I I just think it's a great it's a great spot for him on Monday night against the Eagles, and he's gonna shine. I just want someone to cut that quick clip you had. I'm really high, man. Just leave it at that. Um, yeah, with, with Cooper, it's crazy, man. He's only missed three career games, but yeah, he's all, you know, first team, like getting hobbled out there with Deontay Johnson, Tyreek. First team, get up slow. Yeah. <laughs> Always getting up slow. Exactly. All right, Kenny Galladay, limited all week with a hip injury. He is questionable, expected to play. With that said, you know, this was really Mark looking as like, you know, a squeaky wheel spot for him, you know, was screaming at Jason Garrett on national television last week. Hasn't had the hot start to the Giants tenure that we were hoping for. Sterling Shepard looking like the wide receiver one. Are you still buying a Galladay kind of bounce back performance here, Dwayne? Or does this injury just kind of shy you off? I'm not saying he was someone we're ranking in the top 24 or anything, but it was trendy, especially against this Falcons defense, to expect at least something from a guy as talented as Kenny G that's given us nothing through two weeks. No, I'm still going to stick with it because he's a talented player. I mean, and he's been limited all week. You know, I expect him to play. Um, he was limited all last week with a hamstring. I think he was LP every single day last week as well. So some of these teams you just start. start that's why I like to go look at the practice reports is because with some, you'll just start to see like they'll list everybody as limited like every every day. You know, then there's other teams that they won't ever list anyone as anything unless they truly are hurt. And so the Giants are one of those teams that they'll use that limited tag, I think, a little bit more freely than other teams when they actually may be closer to full or it's just their approach to the way they want to handle players that have any any sort of injury that's a veteran heading into the week. So I still feel fine about Galladay. And I like the idea of the squeaky wheel gets the grease, um, you know, this weekend. Good matchup. You know, you get a 7.2 on the wide receiver strength of schedule, which is in the top four or five. And then you've got a 61.8 out of 100 on the wide receiver matchup, which Ooh. is in the top top 10. Yeah, I'm eyeballing it. It looks like top 10, maybe top nine. So, yeah, I like Kenny Galladay this weekend. I think what you could get with Galladay eventually is you're going to get the Cortland Sutton week. Where yeah. it's like, oh my God, Cortland Sutton's still alive. And <laughs> now everybody wants to rank Cortland Sutton as a wide receiver too this week. That's going to eventually happen with Galladay. We've just seen him play too long. We know he's a good player. Um, and Daniel Jones is playing some of his best football. Eventually it's going to work. Um, and they started off slow. This was a really bad training camp because you didn't have much time between them. So every week I feel like the, the odds are just increasing, right, that that's going to happen. I think a lot more people might have been. We'll see how the uh, you know ownership percentages in DFS land shake out before Sunday I think Saquon is deservingly going to be the one getting a lot of the hype. Maybe just maybe this injury for Galladay is tuning people a little bit out on that. So I like the thought of going against the grain a little bit on the Saquon breakout week and tournaments going and getting you some Kenny G. Two more main wide receiver situations to hash out just real quick, though. Darnell Mooney, questionable, but expected to play with a groin injury. I know uh, as you know, someone that will be having Justin Fields in my cash lineup, I do think having Mooney as a potential stacking partner, low 4K, low 4K range, certainly doable. And I'm just not worried about this injury. Russell Gage has been ruled out with an ankle injury. We haven't had the Kyle Pitts breakout just yet, Dwayne. Maybe uh, just removing one guy from the you know passing tree could uh, help him get the sort of you know double-digit targets we're hoping for. No one was playing Russell Gage to begin with. Just a nice reminder that Ridley and Pitts are going to have a blow-up game here at some point. Perhaps it's this week against the New York football giants. But in more actionable redraft news, 
Deontay Johnson, our guy Deontay, out with a knee issue. Luckily, it's not long-term, but as Tomlin told us, uh, not that shouldn't be confused with this being great either. So Deontay's out. This Pittsburgh passing game looks atrocious. We got Ben making up injuries now to try to, you know, just calm concerns about his performance. How much higher are we going with Claypool and Juju? Because I think I would do want Claypool ahead of Juju, but at the same time, I don't think either guy is at the point where we got to force them into starting lineups. Yeah, actually, I think this one really does matter um, because, you know, Deontay basically didn't leave the field. It's not going to matter much for Juju. Juju's going to be in his same role. And then you're going to have James Washington playing Chase Claypool's role, who they also still like. I think the big bump here is to Chase Claypool. Um, and I, I believe Chase Claypool has to be inside your top 36 this week. Oh, yeah. um, I'm slotting him. Again, I haven't made the complete move, but I'll just look. Here's where I had him. I had him at 41. Look, this is a team that doesn't run enough plays. Um, the, the head coach and the offensive coordinator, I mean, the, the offensive coordinator and the quarterback are already spatting because we know as soon as things don't go Ben's way, he turns into a big freaking baby. <laughs> and so it's an issue. So I was down on Claypool. I had him at 41. So now I've got Claypool. Probably I will move him up towards that. Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay range, you know, so that 27, 28, 29. You have Robinson all the way that low? Yeah, dude. It's a tough matchup. Wow. Man. It's a it's a low scoring game. He's got a bad uh strength of schedule matchup. Like his cornerback matchup's okay. Um it's but look, I mean, I got, it's look, dude, I know he is, but I got Mike Williams, Mike Evans, Cortland Sutton, Julio Jones, Devonta Smith, Marquise Brown, Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay. I like all those guys over Allen Robinson right now. Wow. And then, I mean, they're close. Like the one with Galladay is close. You know, you fine. You tell me, hey, put Robinson over Galladay. I'll just say, okay, I wouldn't like one. I just didn't know that you personally hated Allen Robinson. Like, this. oh, I don't. I mean, that's what it's, that's what it's telling me. <laughs> <laughs> you oh. should look at. You got to look at the. You need to look at the spreadsheet I'm looking up. Looking at it's lit up like a Christmas tree, but it's red. Then there's other guys that are lit up green. I like the guys that are green, not the guys that are red. Robinson has red alerts going all over, going off all over my damn spreadsheet. Well, I'm sorry, Andy Dalton put him in that place, uh, you know, in the first place. But I'm giving A Rob another week as the top 20 guy that he's been throughout his career. Interesting off topic thing there. I got Claypool, though, as my wide receiver 29, which it sounds like is similar to your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, Claypool, in my opinion, is just straight up better than Juju. And he, while. In this version of the offense, he's been kind of pigeonholed as just this field stretcher, which is fine. He had so many air yards last week, one of only five receivers with over 100 unrealized air yards. The thing is, though, people, like if you watch some of these games last year, he's electric after the catch as well. Just throw him a short screen, give him the ball in the run game, which they've done. So if we can get those quick hitting passes that Deontay usually gets for Claypool, I think this could be a potential huge week for him, as long as Big Ben can just be mediocre instead of dog shit for a week. Fingers crossed. <laughs> really fun news god we we shit on ben a lot in the last five minutes he is he already so george, george george will approve he's already yeah i was about to say ben's already <laughs> not a fan of pff and uh you know if he's out there grinding his fantasy teams he's really not going to be after this mm. week cleveland browns sorry news. Ben, we love you <laughs> jarvis landry out with an mcl injury he's on ir for at least the next three games Odell Beckham, not even listening on the injury report. He will be out there uh, per PFS own Mario Pilato. We are expecting OBJ to have his usual role. Whether or not he is the same OBJ skill level at returning from the injury remains to be seen. But this isn't a situation where we're, you know, maybe worried that he'll get pulled off the game after 15, 20 snaps. Basically, it's like if you look at the Saquon Barkley thing and the way they eased him along Beckham's way of being eased along was not being put out there until he's 100% ready to go. So from that standpoint, it's great. Dwayne, I know we talked earlier in the week, you were looking at Beckham as more of a wide receiver four guy. I get the concerns. Ultimately, I have him as my wide receiver 33, which seems a little optimistic. I'm playing Kenny, Shepard, Claypool, you know, Hollywood. I'm playing all those guys over him. But man, I look at guys like Corey Davis, Tyler Boyd, Jalen Waddle, Marvin Jones, I want to play the guy that is Baker Mayfield's undisputed number one wide receiver right now. What are your thoughts on OBJ? Yeah, no, I'm going to move him up. I mean, I, I didn't know what the news was going to be, but full practice every time this week. And then, you know, hearing the news that we heard from Mario and just the rest of the news, um, you know, I'll probably move him up to wide receiver 34, 35 range. There's a couple guys that are going to be coming down, obviously. So just yeah. that alone is going to help push him up some. 
But I mean, from where I'm got, where I have him right now, I see him jumping up about ten spots. So okay. I think you're right. Like, I mean, when I look at it, I'm like, okay, Corey Davis or Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. DJ Chark, Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. Devontae Parker, Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. You know, what I mean, I have several names that are pretty soft that I can move him in front of. Right, I can move him six spots right now without like breaking a sweat at all. <laughs> After that, I've got to think about it a little bit more. But I'll, I'm going to hash all that out as soon as the show's <laughs> over. I'm going to go update the ranks. I'm just, I'm just picturing your late night Friday injury updates, t- ten beers deep, just sw- pool of sweat on the table. <laughs> Damn it, where do I put OBJ? Unreal. Uh, all right. That's why I have this Christmas tree in front of me. It tells me what to do. So all I need to know is a player's healthy or not, and I move him. I will say, um, you know, he's got a man. His wide receiver strength of schedule is a 9.5 out of 10. It's the second best on the slate. Ooh. So we may not. Yeah, remember, it's the Bears. It's these guys we didn't even know who they were. Remember? I still don't know who they are. I don't even remember their names, but I know they're not good. and uh, Or we thought they weren't good, and then that's proven true through the first two weeks. So, yeah, Beckham Jr. is in a good spot as long as he can take the full complement of snaps. Or even 80 to 90% since there's really no one else. I mean, dude. I've never seen a team play so much 13 personnel and pass out of it. <laughs> that's the thing, <laughs> that's man. What like, they had to do last week. There were legit concerns over just, you know, we see a situation with Thielen and Jefferson. Like, we always just want to push out the number two receiver a little quick sometimes. And I think we were maybe, we've done that with OBJ versus Landry each of the last two years. Like, that could have been a real issue this week. Maybe Beckham goes out there and it's just a Jarvis Landry week, but Jarvis isn't there. I'm going to be shocked if we don't see OBJ get at least seven or eight targets. And it could easily be much more if they truly decide to focus in on this smashable matchup, as you pointed out. Nothing too crazy on the tight end front. I'll roll through hey, these. Hey, real quick, Ian, yeah. I want to ask you just one quick thing. On sure. Percy, I know we kind of hit it as a team, and you did mention this player being back with Will Fuller. Where do you have him right now, like in your ranks? Uh, let me check. Sorry, Fuller, I know. Yeah. Curveball. I have Fuller, wide receiver... 41 that feels a little high i think i might i'm 42 so okay yeah i may need to drop him a little bit but i mean he's right there in that range where i've got him ahead of you know kirk sanders um mooney beasley he's right in that range i mean i've got contest see if it's probably higher than everybody at 50 this week um so i mean i probably keep him where he's at but i'm not going to move him i've got him behind Corey davis chark and parker uh and clay claypool who's about to move up so Rational coaching and being a rational organization would make you believe that Fuller, Parker, and Waddle should each be out there a ton. Like that should be their base offense, 70% or more snaps in these three wide receiver sets. That's not what we saw with Albert Wilson the first few weeks. So that's the only reason why I'm worried yep, about this. I agree. And, you know, Jacoby. It's like who's the odd man out? Exactly. It could be any of them, I think. Waddle's role maybe makes the most sense if you want to kind of pigeon him in as more of a slot guy. At the same time, you know, we don't know why Fuller just missed last week because of personal reason. I hope it's fine for him now, but like we don't know. Maybe that pissed off the coaches. Now he's the part-time player. Maybe it's Parker who isn't even in tight with this, you know, regime as much as he was uh, in the past necessarily, at least compared to the number six overall pick and a 10 million uh, plus dollar man, Will Fuller. So yeah, just try to stay away from this offense for a week. But I mm-hmm. think, you know, upside wide receiver four is good for Fuller for now. Quickly on the tight end front, Evan Ingram, questionable calf injury. You know, even if he's back this week, I think we should expect a pretty split situation between him and Kyle Rudolph. I'm not really interested in either guy, regardless of Ingram's final designation. Noah Fance, questionable with an ankle. If he's out, then all guns up for Albert O. I haven't been led to believe that this is something that's, you know, really looking at like a game time decision or anything. So expecting usual role and usual projection for Noah Fant, but keep in mind. Yeah, Fant has been this way both weeks. So okay. I'm the one, like, I'll go look at the practice reports and I have, I have that context for this one um i believe he's actually been limited practice every week this every every day of every week so far this season he did that shit <laughs> so, last year too man i just yeah. wish to do was 100 the broncos are another team that do that like the giants they'll use the lp pretty pretty liberally pretty freely so i, I do expect fant to be okay but we try to cover everything on here just so you guys at least hear the name antennas up just in case on sunday morning my favorite late round tight end back in July, Anthony Ferkser, out with a knee injury as my best ball squads just cry out in tears. James O'Shaughnessy, everyone's favorite pump player at the position in week two. Man, Dwayne, this pissed me off. This dude was 2,700 last week. He catches like a 25-yard pass on one of his right three away. snaps. Like, we've been burnt so much on these. Like, it would have made sense if he just 
goose egg. I, I've seen it before. I knew it was a risky play. But for him to get the pass and then get hurt, I almost wish he would have just goose egg to begin with. It, it was just like an extra knife being driven through. But he's out, not expecting any of the backup Jaguars tight ends to really take a leap forward. If anything, just feel good that LaVisca, Marvin, maybe even Chark are getting a little more target share. The only question, Dwayne, I think we really need to discuss here is if Zach Ertz remains on this COVID list, all of a sudden, Dallas Goddard is the one shooting up the ranks. Now, the Eagles-Cowboys don't play until Monday night, so it's a little tricky if we don't get word on Ertz uh, you know, until Monday because then no one's really going to have too much of a chance to pounce on this. Right now, I have Goddard as my tight end 12. I don't feel good about and that's assuming Ertz is going to play. If he doesn't, man, I, tight end 8 I'm looking at, above Fant, above Higby, above Thomas, Gronk versus Goddard, I guess, would be the question there, at least for me. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the range. I would, I would, I would put him in. So I tier, I tier these, and so my wide receiver three tier for the week is Gronk, Fant, Thomas, Higby. That's where he would fit right. if if Ertz yeah. is out. So I think you're nailing that part. What I would say is, um, let's say you have an option for some reason between Jared Cook, Robert Tanyan, Mike Gusecki. John U. Smith, Austin Hooper, Hunter Henry, Jack Doyle, or you could use Dallas Goddard because those are all my tier four tight ends for the week. Um, I would definitely lean to Goddard just on the chance that you get the upside that Ertz doesn't play because they're all pretty much the same anyway. But if you have added upside of, well, there is a shot that Ertz doesn't play and Goddard could immediately move into tier three, well, then that's the move I would be making. I would just go ahead and say, look, they're all close. I may like, I may like the others slightly. Like I like Cook slightly better than Goddard if Ertz is playing. But just knowing the chance that Ertz doesn't play would be enough for me to go ahead and just put Goddard at the very top of that tier and use him over the rest of those players. Couple other notes that have come up as we have podcasted today. Antonio Brown is now straight up expected to miss week three. So keep in mind with that Godwin and Evans. Tevin Coleman has been ruled out for week three with a non-COVID illness. Dwayne, I mean, we already saw He's been ruled out, but he sucks. <laughs> Sheesh. Dwayne woke up and chose violence before this podcast. Alan Robinson. I did it last last week. We did good in this pod last week. That's fair. Well, you know, I apologize to the Coleman and Alan Robinson families that might be listening. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. Only to that that audience. That is is it. And that's about it. Frank Reich wouldn't even commit to Jacob Eason starting uh, if Wentz is eventually ruled out so Dwayne any more slander you want to throw towards Allen Robinson or any other stuff you want to get off your chest uh man no I think I'm good I think I'm good I gotta save something for like my psychiatrist or something (laughs) so I can't do it all here sounds good (laughs) everyone you can find Dwayne on Twitter at Dwayne McFarlane context matters because of course it does utilization report and all the fancy ranking goodness you can hope for go to pff.com you can go find those very rankings from Dwayne, from Dwayne, from myself, from the rest of Evidently our experts. I'm a drain now on Ian. <laughs> God, these Friday pods get off the rails quickly, but we uh, have concluded it anyway. So it's all good. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Everyone, new episodes out every single day. We're just trying to help you win your fantasy leagues. Have some fun, mispronounce some names along the way. So for Dwayne, I'm Ian. And until next time, take care, everybody. 